without boundaries, no matter how many courses we take, no matter how many podcast episodes we listen to or self-help books we read or coaches we hire, really all we're doing is crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. But with boundaries, women begin to reclaim ourselves first. And that means reclaiming our values, our ideal relationships, and our sense of clarity and ease in the world. Boundaries are the bridge that brings us back home to ourselves. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It's your gal, Carly. Have you ever heard the story about a community of people? They had a big river going through their town, and every day there'd be a handful of folks who had somehow gotten into the water and were had a hard time swimming, were barely making it. And so there became this group of active citizens who stood like lifeguards on the edge of the river bank, and they took it upon themselves to do the best they could to drag out as many drowning people as possible each day, hopefully sparing a few lives in the process. And they did this day in and day out. It became their devoted service until one day, a new person was visiting the village and they saw what was happening and they said, yeah, you know, it's great that you're saving people, but has anybody ever gone to the top of the river and figured out who's tossing people in in the first place? Now, this story, this metaphor is exactly why you and I together here are going to be launching an entire month of conversation around my favorite B word. If you know me, you already know it. And if you're just joining us for the first time, my favorite B word, it's boundaries. <laughs> what can I say? Boundaries are at the core of everything that women who do well in the world understand. And here's why I'm able to say such a grand statement. So about 15 years ago, when I started my coaching practice, my focus was on wellness practices for business people. So helping them eat better, take care of their bodies. But I became clearly aware that no amount of good planning or knowing what to cook or knowing what foods your body liked mattered if my clients didn't have the time to get to it. And so I really started focusing on helping them reclaim their time. And the more we look at what sabotages a woman's time, the more clear we've gotten that it's usually an issue of boundaries. And so the top of the stream is boundaries, right? We could spend all day long looking at all the different symptoms we have that make us feel like we're drowning. And in a moment, I'm going to go over some of those symptoms of being ready to upgrade our boundaries. Or we can go to the source of the river and figure out what small doable shifts need to happen in order for you to feel like you've got some healthy boundaries that connect you to what you care about. Because a life without boundaries is a life that is not your own. If we don't have the boundaries that help us honor what we most care about in our career or our health and our relationships, then we end up being the ones flowing down the stream underwater, right? Being carried in the direction that we didn't pick. Without boundaries, no matter how many courses we take, no matter how many podcast episodes we listen to or self-help books we read or coaches we hire, Really, all we're doing is crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. 
we're hoping that we just make it to the other side of the bank, ideally alive enough. But with boundaries, women begin to reclaim ourselves first. And that means reclaiming our values, our ideal relationships, and our sense of clarity and ease in the world. Boundaries are the bridge that brings us back home to ourself. So this month, in celebration of our launch of the Boundary Academy in March, which has been two years in the making, I thought we would spend a little bit of time on each episode just shoring up our boundaries, because I don't think we can talk about this kind of stuff enough. We all need reminders that it is not just okay to do what we know is true for ourselves, for our families and our careers, but that it's actually essential. And then we need to know the tools for how to do it. So today's episode is for you if you're not sure what to say on the spot when it feels like maybe somebody's crossing one of your boundaries or you wonder what to do if you do set a boundary and then people push back on it. Or maybe you're like a lot of the women who raised their hand once upon a time when I was in large auditoriums now on Zoom because they worry that people are going to think you're suddenly being the B word or a huge jerk or they're going to wonder why you've changed if you begin to speak up for what you really want or need. So here's what we're going to cover. First, we're going to go over some of the common symptoms that I see again and again in my coaching practice of being ready to upgrade your boundaries. It's not just having a packed schedule. And then we're going to talk specifically about three myths around setting boundaries that can make it feel really scary or cumbersome to do. And conversely, what the three things that women who set and are able to maintain really healthy boundaries without having to be armored up or fierce all the time, what they already know and live into. You're going to notice that this episode, it's short and sweet. And that's because we really have spent years distilling down the best research and the best practice when it comes to boundaries. And so this is just the richest parts. No fluff. Each of these little myths and the upgrades we're going to talk about, I hope that they're like a good piece of dark chocolate. We just need a little bit for it to be deeply nourishing and plenty to feel significantly clearer on the spot. So before we dive in, we've got to stop and do my favorite part of the show, which is to give a shout out. And today I am shouting out the Council of Boundary Makers. This is a group of 14 women who have gotten together with me every single week this month in January to test run the Boundary Academy and share their experiences around setting boundaries, around what challenges they still brush up against and the places where they're making great progress and headway. And it has been the most beautiful community to be a part of. There is something powerful that happens when women dare to create a safe space, to speak up, to share what they feel vulnerable, and to share their wins. (laughs) It's really inspiring to all of us. When we hear one woman set a boundary, we're all motivated to set our own. And I'm going to give you some examples of what those boundaries have looked like here in a moment. I just want to invite you to come experience what being in a community like this is like. So I'm going to be hosting this upcoming Friday, February 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a boundary brunch where we are going to get to sit down together. I'm going to share what we're noticing is working for women in the territory of boundaries. And a few women from the Council of Boundary Makers are going to be there talking about their experience with setting boundaries and sharing what does and doesn't work in hopes of saving you a lot of time and making this a much easier process. So I will put a link to that in the show notes so that you can register and be there with me live via Zoom. I would love to have you come experience what it's like to be with a group of women who all really care about their careers 
but who no longer have to sacrifice their bodies or their spirits or their health or relationships to be there. So let's get started. First, we're going to talk about some of those symptoms of being ready to upgrade your boundaries. These show up across the board. I want you to pay attention and notice if any of these sound relatable. Maybe you've seen them in yourself or maybe you've seen them in another woman. Symptom number one of being ready to upgrade your boundaries is snapping. You're snapping at your friends, your loved ones, your coworkers, and you feel terrible about it because that's not who you are. So it feels really icky to do that. You mean well, and yet this things just fly out of your mouth because you're just cooked to a crisp. Now, what's interesting with women is oftentimes we see the snapping as an internal practice, meaning you're being really hard on yourself. So it might not be external. It might not be about raising your voice or being short with anybody else. You might just be being really harsh. Your own internal critic might be a little bit out of control right now. Symptom number two of being ready to upgrade your boundaries is resentment. You find yourself resenting people or projects or activities. And some of these you might actually really love. And so it's a little bit perplexing and a little bit frustrating to be resenting something that you know, ideally, you would enjoy getting to at some other time. Symptom number three of being ready to upgrade your boundaries is this tired but wired phenomenon. And this is where you're exhausted by the end of the day. Heck, that might be generous. You might be exhausted by noon. And yet in the moments where you do get to sit down and maybe catch your breath for a moment, your mind is still racing a million miles a minute. So that's why we call it tired and wired. You're simultaneously exhausted. And yet, even when you do get to go to sleep or take a beat, you find that your mind has not gotten the memo and it's telling you all the reasons you need to be doing more or differently. Another symptom of being ready to upgrade your boundaries that came up interestingly in our Council of Boundary Makers this past month was being tempted to lie. You're starting to tell stories or you're tempted to like play a little bit with what the truth is in order to say no or to not have to be doing things. And again, you don't feel good about lying. That's not who your natural state is. Symptom number five is feeling secretly behind. Now, this one's important because for a lot of high achievers, everybody else is celebrating how much you're getting done. They are super impressed with you, but you are not impressed with yourself because you know you're capable of more. You just haven't figured out how to get to more because you already have so much on your plate. All right, I've got two more left for you. Number six symptom of being ready to upgrade your boundaries is decision fatigue. This is just feeling like, oh my gosh, if I have to make one more choice or send one more email or give one more piece of feedback on something, I'm gonna lose it. Your mind is just exhausted from all the places where you have to be the leader in your family, in your community, maybe in your church, maybe in your local government, wherever it is, where you're just tired of being the one that has to make so many decisions. And then the last one, I can never skip because this has shown up consistently for almost every woman we have worked with around boundaries. It's perplexing health symptoms. These are things like digestive issues, autoimmune disorder flare-ups. It's certainly things like migraines and headaches. We see that a lot. These are often things that you could kind of get away with in your 20s, maybe even your early 30s, but you can't pop an aspirin for it anymore. That's just not cutting it. Your body's really starting to hold you accountable to having to get more rest. So here's what you need to know about any of these seven symptoms. If you are experiencing them, they are not a sign that something is wrong with you. 
And that does not mean that you're a boundary failure. (laughs) Not at all. They are a sign that you are being called to upgrade your boundaries, that you are ready to work and live in the world in a way that gives you life, not takes it. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about these three specific myths around setting boundaries and what women who are able to establish healthy boundaries already know and live into. Number one, the myth around boundaries is that they are about creating hard walls. This one's really important. And I say this because when I was first beginning to set more boundaries, part of what was hard for me in doing that was feeling like I had to armor up that I was going to be pushing other people away. And by nature, I'm an open-hearted person and I love humans. I love interacting with people. And so I just felt like having to armor up or be fierce or be really firm all the time just felt so outside of my comfort zone and also wasn't what I wanted to create more of in the world. I was going for a walk with somebody this weekend and we were talking about that Beatles song, Hey Jude. And there's a line in there, something about how When we play it cool, we just make the world a little colder. And I think that's what felt hard for me about boundaries was they felt cold and they felt like walls between me and somebody else. But here's the thing that I've come to learn and that other women who live into boundaries well understand is that boundaries are not a wall. By the time we need a boundary, there already is a wall. There is a barrier between us and somebody else or us and a project or even us and ourselves, meaning that there are different sets of expectations happening at the same time. We're operating in different paradigms, expecting different things to happen. There already is a barrier between us. And so boundaries are not the wall. By the time we need a boundary, the wall is already there. Boundaries are a bridge. When I say boundaries are a bridge, I mean first and foremost that boundaries are a bridge between you and what you most value. They connect you back home to yourself, to the truth of who you are and what makes sense in your world. And then in the situations where it makes sense to articulate a boundary to somebody else, they're always an opportunity for you to get back on the same page. They are the forming of a bridge. And much like a bridge, I think about the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. If you ever watched a video of that bridge and the way it's made is that we know that, you know, out in San Francisco, this is earthquake territory. And if anything is too rigid out there, if any structure is too firm, it's going to not bend. It's going to break, right? We need it to be malleable. We need it to be flexible. Go Google. In fact, I'll even put a link to an example in the show notes of a video of a bridge like that during a time of an earthquake and watch how the cables and wires are made to bend and to be flexible, to be malleable to the circumstances being presented to it so that the bridge remains, so that everybody who's trying to transverse this connection is able to stay steady, safe, and alive. And so that's what we create. We create these flexible, malleable bridges that allow us to be connected to our values and allow somebody else to get on the same page as us. Now, if you have any questions about that or more specifics about how boundaries are a bridge, I really do encourage you to come to the Boundaries Brunch because this is one of the basic frameworks that women who have good boundaries understand. And I want to give you an example of what this could look like. One of the women in our Council of Boundary Makers is an incredibly successful and in her career and also in her relationship. She has a wonderful family. And she shared in our most recent council meetings that she had this opportunity where somebody came to her asking for her to do some pro bono work. And it just lit her up. She loved the project that they were working on. It was right up her alley. 
But looking at her calendar and her schedule, she knew there was no freaking way she could commit to doing this without exhausting herself in the process. And so she really kind of hawed for a moment about what do I do here? I, I really want to take this opportunity. I know it would give me so much life, but I'm also aware that there's just really logistically no room in my schedule. And so if she had a rigid wall of a boundary or if her bridge was too firm, she would have just had to say no, right, to that opportunity before her. But she thought about the idea of a malleable bridge and she looked at her calendar and she said, you know, got this one client where it's just not working. We haven't been a match for a long time. It's been dragging itself out. I think it's time for me to politely refer them to somebody else. And that would open up the space in my day to be able to do this life-giving work I would love to be able to volunteer for. And so she thought about it. She spoke with her client. She set up a great slow transition for them and to somebody else so that they were taken care of and she was taken care of. And now she was able to connect to what it was that she really cared about. And so what I love about this example is many things, but one of them is that she had some flexibility. She didn't rush the process. She thought about what gave herself life, and then she figured out how to draw a bridge to that. So let's talk about the second myth of setting boundaries. The myth is boundaries are hard when people push back. Now, here's the thing we have to understand is that boundaries are actually not so much about the external interaction we have with somebody else. The focal point of a good, solid, sturdy boundary is that it's a contract between you and you. (laughs) It is actually an agreement that you make between you and yourself. So we're not focusing on the other people or the other parties or the other circumstances. What we're actually fanning the flames of our focus on is what you most value and then what needs to happen in order for you to honor, protect, or champion that in the world. So I think about it like this, you know, women who have good boundaries, they get clear about what they value and then they protect what they value like a mama bear does her cups. So it's really our job to set the boundary and then to maintain it. People may or may not push back, but that's what people do. (laughs) We all do it to each other. We push on each other from time to time. It's our job to get clear about what we value and then do what's needed in order for us to tend to that. So let me give you an example of that. I don't know if you caught the episode we did with Nancy Levin. Oh, gosh, it must have been at least a half a year ago where we talked about curing that knee jerk. Yes, (laughs) and learning how to set boundaries that actually work. Nancy Levin is the author of Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free, a phenomenal book. I'm going to put a link in the resources here in our show notes, both to Nancy's book and also to the full episode that we did with her. But she shared on this episode a great example of pushback. So her mom is really anxious by nature and needs to check in with Nancy many times a day. And Nancy was finding that it just wasn't sustainable. She wasn't able to get any work done because her mom was calling every couple of hours, needing to check in and see how Nancy was doing. And so one day she realized she was going to have to articulate out loud a boundary with her mom. And she said, Mom, look, I'm going to be working between 10 to 4 Monday through Friday now. So if you need me, call me before that or after that. But I'm not going to be able to take your calls in the middle, right? And so she says this out loud, but lo and behold, the first day, her mom calls her right smack dab in the middle. She's already pushing back on the boundary. Now, Nancy was aware in that moment. Rather than picking up the phone, it was actually her job to let the call land exactly where it was meant to, which is in voicemail, to check the message when she could, and then give her a mom a call back at the end of the day since nothing was urgent, right? So that's one example of pushback. And if you've got any questions about that, I hope you'll 
you'll bring it to our boundary brunch. Now let's talk about this third myth. This is the number one fearful question I get whenever I'm presenting boundaries to a group of women. Inevitably, somebody raises their hand and they say, Carly, I'm really scared that if I set a boundary, people are going to call me the B word, right? Or what do I do if they do that? Or are they going to suddenly think that I'm being a huge jerk or just be perplexed or confused about why all of a sudden I'm speaking up for what I want if they've already seen me have a pattern of just doing whatever they ask me for? Now, this is such an interesting myth to have because A, what we actually see again and again is that more times than not, when we clearly articulate a boundary, there's actually not pushback. But for the moments where they are, there's this really interesting thing that happens within our human brain, which is that we're great at considering the cost of setting a boundary. We're great at questions like this of, oh my gosh, what if I say no to my client, for example, and then they don't like me and they want to cancel our contract? Or I say no, and then they don't want to hire me for the next round, or they don't refer me to other people, or it just makes our relationship really awkward. Those are great examples of how good we are at seeing the cost of that could happen associated with setting a boundary. But women who are able to set boundaries understand that it's also paramount that we consider the cost of not setting a boundary right? What might happen if we actually allow whatever behavior or action or thought process that isn't working for us to continue? So let me give you an example of that. This comes to us from another woman in the Council of Boundary Makers. She just shared this two weeks ago where she's got an aging mom who has dementia and she's late stage in her dementia. She's about 15 years into it, which means she's at a point where she doesn't always recognize or remember everybody anymore. And so being a wonderful daughter, she normally makes a point of going to see her mom who lives two hours away as often as she can. But with the advent of COVID, this has made things really complicated as it has for many of us in many ways. But particularly with her mom, there's all these extra safety protocols that need to happen, including, of course, everybody wearing masks. And with masks on, her mom definitely can't recognize people anymore. It's made it even harder. And so this particular woman was used to driving two hours to see her mom for what's now a 10-minute visit during this time of COVID due to all the extra precautions, wearing a mask, and then feeling really deflated, and then driving back the two hours. And so she'll spend a minimum, she said, of six hours in the car and with traffic in order to see her mom on a regular basis. And it's just exhausting. And it's really not doing much for her mom either. And so she had this thought of, you know, what's this cost of me trying to do this thing, of not honoring the boundary that I need here around my time? What else could work? And she considered Zoom, right? They have the capacity to do Zoom where her mom lives. And so she set this up as an experiment. She set up a Zoom call to see what would happen. And lo and behold, it went great. Because without a mask, she was able to tell that her mom recognized her for a moment. And they were able to have a more meaningful connection, which was shocking. She would have assumed that she needed to be there in person in order for them to connect as well as they did. So this was just a great example of where she realized where she needed to set a boundary while it was easy to consider the cost of setting the boundary of, gosh, what if it's not even harder for my mom for if I do this? Or what if it makes me feel guilty for not showing up? She also analyzed the cost of not setting the boundary, which was causing more confusion and disruption for her mom and also causing six hours in the car for her, while she still got two kids to raise and a job to take care of. So quick recap on these myths. Number one, that boundaries are a hard wall. 
The truth is that they are closer to a bridge, the bridge that connects us home to our values and allows us to get back on the same page with people we've somehow disconnected with. Myth number two is that boundaries are hard because people push back and we have to know what to do when people push back. When the truth is that boundaries are really a contract between you and you. They are about you being a mama bear, championing what it is you care about in the world. And then number three, that if we set a boundary, people might think you're a B word and that that needs to be the primary concern. And while sure, we don't know how people are going to react, we also know that there is a cost associated with not setting a boundary. And women who have healthy boundaries get good at examining what the costs are going either way and then make an informed decision going forward. So what you might notice about these three particular myths and the mindsets that tend to work better here, what they share in common is that all of the women who tend to do well with boundaries, they begin to be intentional about it. They make conscious decisions. They pause. They reflect on what they value. And then they have the types of conversations that you and I are having right here so that they can begin to practice their boundaries, recognizing that small boundary steps can make a big difference. And perhaps that's the biggest takeaway I've gotten from doing this boundary work. Because you know the title of the show is Messy and Magnificent, right? It turns out that practicing boundaries, even not doing them perfectly, still has profoundly great results. So I want to know from you, if you didn't try to remember all of this, if you didn't have to absorb this all perfectly, but if you just took one specific nugget with you from what we've just covered, what is it that you want to remember from today? Put that in a review on iTunes or tag me on LinkedIn or Instagram and let's keep the conversation going because I really am seeing this as the beginning of a meaningful exploration around boundaries that elevates your game here a little bit. You should also know that there is free access to my Boundaries Like a Boss course. I can't believe I didn't say that earlier in the episode. I should have written that down. But you can always get free access to our Boundaries Like a Boss course at carlyfane.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's a great way to go deeper into this material. Or really, do I encourage you to join me and a bunch of these women boundary makers at our February 12th Boundary Brunch. It's going to be a really sweet and special time together. I promise you'll walk away having laughed and feeling very clear about what your next steps and boundaries are. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including the bridge of your boundaries. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.